Welcome to the Good News Podcast. Spring is here, summer is coming, green is growing, and the birds are tweeting. Loyal listeners, you might remember a conversation several episodes back about Neil's glorious backyard. Neil, how's it looking these days? Thank you so much for asking. Uh, just recently, I refinished the deck, which was a fun landlordy project. I got my power washer out. Nice. Two two thousand and thirty psi. Twenty thirty psi. That sounds magnificent. It was very inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> it was just about the cheapest power washer I could get. Uh, stripped it, stained it. It's waterproof. Nice. Thompson's water seal. So did you YouTube how to do this, or is this just ingrained in your DNA? Ingrained? Yeah. Good wood pun. Yeah. Good wood pun. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I did some research. I didn't, like, watch a YouTube video of someone power washing their deck. I would um, have. <laughs> I would have. Uh, so what else have I done? I, I recently planted uh, some extra hostas. For all those... Not green thumbs out there. What's that? A hosta is a perennial uh, sort of like leafy green. It does well in shade. So I planted it under a, a big maple tree we have. Do you have a little mat for your knees? I need one. Yeah, right? I need one. Yeah, it seems like that makes total and complete sense. When I would see it in the air mall catalog on airplanes, I would think, oh, that's actually something people need. I was at Aldi and they had one oh. in their sort of uh, yeah. like seasonal aisle. You I know call they... it their treasure aisle. It is. It's a treasure <laughs> aisle. It's different every time. It's so exciting. I love it. And I was like, oh, wow, I want one of those for the first time in my life. And I was like, I have aged. Well, you're in your 30s. You're mid-30s. I'm 25. I can rent a car. <laughs> I can finally rent a car. So let's talk about some bad things that aren't going to happen today. Here's something we should definitely be grateful for. Man is still stronger than lobster. Thank goodness. Those lobsters are super scary. Lobsters are, they have a wild history. They used to be food for prisoners. And now... They're fancy foods. Now they're fancy foods. Hmm. Used to be straight up garbage food. And pizza is still good at every temperature. Agree or disagree? Totally agree. Here, here I figured this out. Okay. The proper, the best way I've found to reheat pizza. Yeah. Microwave it a little bit. Okay. Just to build up some heat. Get the frost off. Toss it in the skillet. No. Yes. That's yes. No. Yes, because you get, you don't want to preheat the oven just for a slice, of, slice pizza. of pizza. I know. So you microwave it, you heat it up, but then it, you you don't want to eat mush. You don't right. want to eat mushy pizza. Yeah. So you put it in the skillet. All right, I'll try it. Okay, Neil. So the reason why I was asking you earlier about your backyard is because we're talking with Carly Zeter, a PhD candidate at the University of Wisconsin Madison, about green space and urban areas. And she shares some really good news with us. Hello, Carly speaking. Hey, Carly, this is Colleen from the Good News Podcast. Hi, nice to hear from Hi, you. Hi, nice to hear from you too. Carly, I'm also here. My name is Neil. Colleen really dropped the ball on uh, introducing me to you. I'm sorry about that. I think for many people, when they think about you know ecology or environmental science, and you think of these pristine areas or you know big areas of wilderness and I mean, I have the, the utmost respect for people that are studying those areas, and, and we need to protect those areas as well. But we also need to remember that our 
our cities aren't places that exist, you know, separately from nature. Yeah. There is still a lot of green space and nature kind of embedded within those those spaces. And I, you know, personally, I think of cities as areas where so many solutions are possible. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the environmental field, you know, you, you're exposed to a lot of depressing news. You know, there's a lot of kind of doom and gloom uh, around conservation. But a lot of what I read about urban ecology and and the directions we're going gives me a lot of hope. You know, I think it's an area where where we can do a lot better and where people feel really empowered to contribute to making the world a little bit greener, a little bit better. That's that, awesome. Yeah, that is so uh, uh, heartening. I, I feel uh, similarly hopeful just in that one minute where you totally won me over. <laughs> um, I, might, I might say that's good news, Neil. What I think you, that's good news. Is that good news? Um, so this, the, the, this study, uh, it, it seems like your results are, are sort of new to the scientific community. Uh, and do you think that um, sort of like the backyard was overlooked as a, a CO2 sink previously? Like were, was, was the common knowledge or like accepted wisdom that a backyard couldn't possibly have, have that much to, to do about uh, cleaning up the air? So I don't know that I would say it's entirely new to the scientific community. You know, particularly if you go and talk to people who have been, you know, doing urban ecology and working in urban systems for years, they would probably look at this and be like, yep, that, that checks out. Backyards are really important. <laughs> and, and I think, but I do think that, that some of that work has been, has been a little bit overlooked. You know, it's, it's really exciting to read about big nature and the rainforest. And for, for a long time, I think doing urban ecology, you know, maybe you were kind of sitting at the kids' table. It was like, oh, you work in cities. And now we're, we're reaching this point where we're realizing, you know, hey, we live in an urban world. You know, 50% of people around the world, more than 50%, live in cities. You know, maybe we should actually be paying more attention to these places as, as part of the surrounding environment. And so I think it's a case where we're increasingly realizing that these are important places to study. I do think that there has been less of a focus on on backyard than on places like parks or, you know, public green spaces, even among urban ecologists. And and that's just logistics. You know, it's much easier to go and study a park than it is to study a bunch of yards because you need to be you know, reaching out to people and asking for permission. And that's not something that's, that's straightforward to do necessarily. And, I, and in the article, it mentions how some people sent their kids back there because they were like, go see what the scientists are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That, that was surprisingly common to me that all of a sudden there would be like neighborhood children in the yard being like, what are you doing? My mom said you're a scientist. <laughs> and like on the one hand, you know, this is this is my job. I have to go out and collect these samples and get a lot done. And so, you know, no one teaches you how to manage those kinds of interactions. But on the other hand, it's, it's really awesome to get to, you know, interact with kids. And if you want good news, I mean, go talk to a kid about science and they are so excited. It, it's really invigorating to, to kind of see the impact your work has on other people. That's I awesome. love that. I That's do great. too. Kids are the best. Yeah, kids are the best. I mean, they're all right. Okay, <laughs> Colleen as a kid. 
Thanks for listening. Do you have good news? Great. Or maybe you want to tell us a joke or an idea? Also great. Email us at goodnews at cardsagainsthumanity.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 773-217-0156. You can also tweet us at the good news pod. Most of our music is by Poddington Bear. Same place, same time, tomorrow. <laughs>